Church. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. And if you are joining us online, a very special and unique hello to you. We are observing communion in case you are curious. So I don't know, maybe grab some things around your kitchen or something as, as you watch and uh, prepare as we prepare as a church. Through the month of October, we decided as a lead team, we would do things a little differently. And through this series, Ghost Stories, we were uh, hoping to really kind of set an environment that allowed people to experience the Holy Spirit in maybe a different way or, or a unique way. So we flipped the flow all around and, and decided to, to change it up. And uh, we, we knew we wanted to put a big uh, punctuation at the end, a big exclamation mark at the end of the month uh, and, and observe communion in a very intentional way. Because here at our church, whether you're familiar with this or not, every uh, I should say, the last Sunday of every month, we actually take communion. Now, due to everything happening in and around the world, we invested a lot in some little uh, uh, communion cups that were uh, very uh, hygienic, and they, they've served a great purpose for us. Uh, but we chose as a church to do things very differently today and be more intentional with this. And so I have promised the band I would keep this relatively short so they can stay up behind me as well. So uh, bear with me. But it has been, it has been a strange couple of years, right? Can you believe it's almost been a couple of years? You can say that now. It's not just 2020. Y'all, I hope you process 2020. It is almost 2022, okay? It has been a lot. And so that's maybe the understatement of, of, of all time. It has been crazy. And, and so maybe if you are in business, it's thrown you off. Or if you're in the school system, it's definitely thrown you off. If you are a stay-at-home parent, it's thrown you off. Even churches have not been immune to being really, really thrown off. But in all the confusion and frustration and uncertainty, I have really been praying in my personal relationship with God. I have been praying that God would use this time to strip away all the expectations and assumptions that I've made about him and church life and faith and to reveal to me what really matters. And it, it, it is simple. It really does. It all comes back to relationship with him. In all my seminary training and all the pastoral experience that I have, honestly, I was not prepared to lead a church plant at this point in time in human history. So if it's been hard for you, can I just say welcome? It's been hard for us all, myself included. None of us quite know anything anymore. And as a church, we really want to honestly embrace that. And, and I mean, really outside of Jesus as, as King, Jesus as Lord, do we really think we know anything else anymore? Everything is just crazy. Life has a way of, of, seeming, like, of seeming like it, it chews you up and spits you out. But with maybe... Too much honesty up here right now. I hope you hear my heart that all of this, all of life, it's just allowed to be hard. It's allowed to be hard right now. We are all struggling, but I say that, I say that all of us are in this place because I think now is a great time, honestly, to be part of a local church. I think now is a great time to invite people to your church because honestly we're lonelier than ever and we've stayed at home longer than ever. Our, our, our society, our community, our world is longing to feel like they belong somewhere 
And I know as our church, we, we say you belong here. We, we believe anyone can come and, and experience God. Anyone can come and grow with God, take steps with God. And so I hope that, that we would choose to be intentional in those relationships and to know that, that God has brought you here, here with us today, here with us this morning, here with us later in the week, if, if that's where you're at, watching this online later. But God has brought you into this moment right now because it's a sacred moment. It's a sacred space. And we want to take this time as, as I, I just want to remind you of something of utmost importance. And it's vulnerability. I was actually talking with uh, my wife and, and her sister last night. And um, I, I think uh, Gracie said something along the lines of like, isn't vulnerability the worst? <laughs> and I, I hear that and I'm like, oh, I'm going to quote you tomorrow. And, uh, but, but it is. She said something out loud that we all think inside. We all hate it. No one really wants to go sit down with a counselor, right? No one really wants to go to therapy. No one really wants to sit and reflect on their lives and their shortcomings and their sins and their struggles. Like, no one wants to do those things. Vulnerability is the worst. But it's an important aspect of communion, and I'll tell you why. Because as we understand in the Christian church, in the Christian faith with communion, there are important components of this that actually come before the bread and the juice or, 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 or wine. Uh, there are actually important elements to this that come before that, and it's vulnerability. As the scripture informs us that we are to actually examine our own selves first. We are to examine our hearts, to come before God. And even at repent, confess sin to God, to examine ourselves in a very purposeful way and ask God to, to really fill in the gaps where maybe where we haven't surrendered every aspect to him. And so, yeah, life has been hard recently, and we have a, a great example of what to do when life gets hard. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, very late in his life, Late in his ministry, Jesus takes his disciples with him into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Jesus says something pretty wild. These are the words of Jesus. Um, you won't see this up here behind me, so just listen to these words. Jesus looks at his disciples. Jesus, who is God. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus says these words to his disciples. He says, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Like Jesus, the divine embodiment of truth and grace, of love. Jesus, the son of God, looks at his friends and he says, my soul is sorrowful, even to the point of death. Now for Jesus, he knows what's about to happen. As this is the night before he is ultimately executed. Jesus, with the weight of the world on him though, what does he do? What does he run to? Does he buck up like he's got it all together? Does he say, I'm gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, just do what I need to do? Come on, Jesus, man up. No. Jesus, in the most agonizing moment of his life to this point, he doesn't act all macho and unflappable, but Jesus is vulnerable. In Matthew 26, Picking up at verse 29, you should see this behind me if you don't have your Bible with you. It says, and going a little further, he fell on his face 
and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Do you see what's going on right here? Jesus, the son of God, asks his father for a way out. Jesus likens his death to a cup he doesn't want to drink. Jesus, while fully God, reminds me of what it's like to be human. And the more I reflect and study on this prayer, the more it really begins to make sense to me. Because you know, back in Genesis, God creates man from the what? From the what? From the dust. Because we're fragile. And we're vulnerable creatures, but he breathes into us the breath of life. Jesus now, all this time later, prays this very vulnerable prayer that is just brutally honest. When was the last time you prayed like that? When was the last time that you came before your heavenly father and prayed with just such earnestness? So Jesus asks God for another way, but then verse 40, And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and he prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus still feeling the immense pressure. Luke's account says he was sweating blood at this point. Jesus comes back to God and says, if there's no other way, I choose obedience. If there's no other way, then it's your way. Jesus chose obedience, but he he did it through vulnerability. God, I don't want to do this. He was vulnerable. And you can trust God as well. You can be vulnerable with God too. See, it's not about being strong enough or never showing weakness, but being real, being vulnerable, admitting that if you could, you'd want things done differently. Jesus is not doing his best William Wallace impression. He's not just, he's, he's not slaying demons on his way through hell and onto the cross. No, Jesus didn't flex his muscle and sprint up Calvary. He struggled up Calvary. He needed help to get there because he was vulnerable. He was human. And I say all this because he he voiced to his disciples, it makes sense now, my soul is sorrowful, even until death. Why in the world are you talking about that? Because you won't be able to just turn off your emotions and fight your way through this life, neglecting how you feel. You need to be vulnerable And if the son of God needs to come before his heavenly father and be brutally honest, then so do you. An important aspect of communion is this idea of examination. Is this idea that we come before God, that we're we're real. We're honest with ourselves. We are honest with our maker. This is significant because Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11 that in this vulnerable, humble state before we take communion, that we are to examine ourselves, our sins, our shortcomings, our hearts, our intentions, our motives, and we are to confess those to our heavenly father. Otherwise, we bring judgment onto ourselves, the Bible says. So right now, we're actually going to allow some space to reflect 
to examine, consider, and confess. And so we're going to sing actually a couple of songs before we enter into a time of observing communion. Um, myself and uh, Chris and Melissa um, will we'll be up here and available if, if, you, if you need to pray with someone. We need to examine ourselves. We need to reflect. And sometimes that means that we just, we, we need someone to pray with us too. I'm not saying that's, that's true of everyone, but sometimes we know we need to, to go in and talk with someone and, 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 and be ministered to, be prayed over. We want to allow some space for that because it is of utmost importance that we are vulnerable and real before we take communion. As Jesus was vulnerable, as, as Jesus was honest with his father, you can be too. The purpose for these couple of songs right now is the examination before communion, is the reflection before communion. So as we intentionally come forward, we intentionally take the bread, we intentionally grab the cup, representing the, the broken body of Christ, representing the blood poured out for us, and you sit with this even right now, um, we, we gave you a, a sizable piece of bread today because we don't want it to be quick. We want us to, to sit with this for a bit, for it to even take some time. And so today the, the piece is a little larger. Don't, don't feel obligated to eat the entire thing, but we, we did it with purpose. So it's not done in one bite, but, but time is taken. And so we, we, we take this bread representative of the body, broken. And in our other hand, we have this cup, representative of the blood poured out for us. And we will partake. Um, Bane, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Let's, let's go ahead and, and, and go into the blessing. Um, and so as we, as we eat and as we drink, we remember, as the band sings, um, once, once you've observed communion, you can stand, you can worship together, but take your time.